Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Welcome to All Things Covered with Patrick Peterson and Bryant McFadden, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. Man, the name says it all. If you're rocking with us, make sure you leave a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. Or if you're watching us on YouTube, make sure you hit that subscribe button so you can get alerted of all our great content right away. Let's get to our outstanding guest, Mr. Devin White. Ladies and gents, let's get straight to it. Let's get straight to the meat of the steak. Now, introducing our outstanding guest, third-year linebacker for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He's also a Super Bowl champion, Super Bowl 55 to be exact, uh, big-time player, 2020 second-team All-Pro. I mean, many people felt like he should have been a first-team All-Pro, but we'll get to that throughout the conversation. Fifth overall pick in the 2019 draft. Fifth overall pick, of course. Pat P went number five, went top five also. Attended LSU. Yeah, got a lot in common. I mean, you were the, I think you were the highest, highest drafted defensive player from LSU, and I think Devin came right back and, and, and kind of tried to do some of the th- same things you were doing. Attended LSU. He also, get this, he graduated in August. Big-time achievement. You can follow him on social media, on Twitter and Instagram, the same name, at Devin White underscore 40. Devin White is joining us here, all things covered. Pat Peterson, Brian McFadden. As you look at him right now, if you guys are watching us on YouTube, and I hope you guys are watching us on YouTube, this man is right outside of it. You know, he loves horses, and he got a stable there in Tampa Bay, man. So before we get to the conversation, tell us a little bit about where you located at currently while we're, while we're doing this interview. Yeah, man, I'm in, I'm in my horse stables, you know. Uh, just a uh, purchase that I made uh, this off season. You know, it was something that, you know, I felt like I wanted to be more in tune with, you know, horses, which is like my hobby, you know, something that keep me laid back, refreshed when I leave the uh, building, you know, from working all day, putting in those hours, just want to come home and relax my mind. So that, so that was what I did. I invested in a little farm here in uh, Tampa Bay. So, hey. That's a tax write-off too. That's a tax write-off. <laughs> yeah, 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 that's yeah. heavy. So you go to the stable every day? Every day. I mean, the stable right side, right outside the crib now, you know. So I got a new house, you know, uh, out here in Odessa where they got a lot of land, not too far from the facility, 18 minutes. You know, uh, I'm not, I'm one of those guys who go to work early anyway, so we ain't got to worry about traffic, you know, heating up on us. But I mean, it's all lovely, man. I don't really have too many neighbors because everybody got land out here. You know, I'm sitting on eight acres. So I'm good, man. I love it. I get my peace out here. Nobody bother me. And the people that do bother me, they got the same passion as me. They, they like riding horses as well. So we got something good in common. And I can call on my neighbors, you know, if I go out of town, you know, for the game, needing a feed for me. So we good out here, you know? Man. Hey, man. That's, that's big that's time. Dope. We had, I had an opportunity. Who, 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 was that, who was that I met before we got on air? The, uh, the horse. Oh, that was Tiffany Pine, man. <laughs> Tiffany Pine. Oh, so all your horses got names? What, what, what's yeah. the name of all the horses you got? Man, I got so many I can go all day, but the three I got here with me is the Django. That's my, my elite stallion. That's the one that I breed. I breed out, you know, he's a world champion. Uh, Tiffany Pine, she's a new horse I got to actually breed to the Django. 
and I'm kind of training her as well on the rise. And uh, I got another horse named Artistic Dream. That's the horse I rode on the field, you know, after the Super Bowl parade. So, you know, she stayed with me. And I got many more in other different places with trainers and my mom take care of a couple back home. You know, just brood mares, which, you know, brood mares, you know, means like you just got them to have babies, you know, continuous babies. You know, as much as the, many as they can have, you keep them pregnant and keep them uh, in fold, you know. So, hey, we doing it up. But hey, Devin, real quick, because I'm not familiar when it comes to breeding horses and all that. How much yeah. is how, like if you if you breed a horse, what, what what's a baby horse going for a pony? That's a pony, right? And that's a baby horse. Nah, it's 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 called a coat. You know, a coat. Uh, ponies are the miniature, the little horses. Gotcha. These horses right here are called coats. But um, uh, man, just in the single foot world, I'm in a single foot world. It's a it's a type a different type of gate. I say these babies going from. Man, anywhere from five to 8,500 as babies. And Ooh. if you raise them and get them going, get them started, get them looking good and doing what they're supposed to do, you can get on up there in the price range. So, I mean, it's just all about what you do with them and, and, and you know, what your vision look like for your for your foes, you know. And me, I just want to raise mine and the ones that I don't like as much, you know, you kind of sell those and they bring in good money as well. Man, I tell you what, that is a man that is passionate about some horses. Man, and no we gonna, before we get into a little buck talk, we're going to talk about something else you're passionate about. That's LSU. Yeah. Um, you was able to, what was it like landing the foundation in 2000, for the 2009 championship team? And what were the challenges transitioning between Les Miles and Coach O? Yeah, I say, um, I'm going to start off with the coaches, man. I say, you know, just Les Miles, man, he that ultimate guy that you just, you know, you love him. You just love him to death. You know, he anything he says, you're going to kind of believe it because, you know, he that's how he recruits. He's that type of guy. He's a lovable guy. He's a family man. And, you know, when he lost the job, you know, it was very sad for everybody. But, I mean, Coach O, has, he had already been on the staff, and it was just, it was a different vibe. You know, he was more that up-raw coach, you know, the coach that, really, really know the games as far as the defensive side, you know, for me, you know, he really, really knew the game and he was always able to talk technique and, you know, playing style and, you know, getting the guys going. So, I mean, it was just different, man, two different guys, but at the end of the day, they both had the same end goal and that was the, you know, win for LSU and win right now. So, um, for it is just laying the foundation, man, that was one of the toughest things because when you come into LSU, it's already a standard, a standard set. You know, you want to do what the guys before you did. You know, you want to become one of those elite guys. You know, you want your name, your picture on the wall at the stadium. You want to do everything. You know what I'm saying? You want to leave your legacy. But with that being said, it's also, it's a team. It's a it's a team. It's bonded there. Like, it's all about D-block. You know, it's for me. You know, it's all about we're going to be the reason we win. You know, we don't care what the offense does. Because, you know, just to be real, it's always been a struggle for us at offense. You know, just getting the pieces in. But we never let that phase us. And I think that was the biggest thing is trying to lay the foundation on defense. But we started getting so many crazy athletes that you see cutting up in NFL right now. It's like, hey, they're going to be a big help. So all we got to do is right. do our part. And then those guys going to handle their business. But, you know, I think my junior year, we lost three games. And it's like some games we shouldn't have lost. Like, you know, we don't lose to Texas yeah. a and then We in the college football playoffs. A lot of people don't right. remember that. You know, we lost to those guys in seven overtime. So... Mm -hmm. My whole biggest thing was like, if I go back, hey, it's finna we're gonna win us one. Like, cause you can see it, you can feel it. You know, sometimes yeah. you just you just can feel it, man. Just being around with those guys. And then Coach O saying, hey, I'm gonna get us a good play caller. We're gonna change the offense up and we're gonna be on, we're gonna be rolling. And we was rolling the year before, you know, without a, you know, without Joe Brady. 
And, you know, I really believe what he said, and I really want to win one for the Tigers because it's like having never won a championship. And I came here, I put this work in. Like, I want to be remembered forever, forever. Like, I want to be stamped. And, I mean, that was the hardest thing. But when you got a national championship calling, the NFL calling to be a high draft pick, I know that it put a lot of of pressure on me. But at the end of the day, man, like you said, like, help being the foundation of what they did, it means a lot to me because it was like, hey, I grinded with those boys, but then I had to go take care of myself and my family. And a lot good came from that as well. So it was a win-win situation for me. I think I made the best uh, decision. Uh, No question you made the best because, you know, if you get a chance to go top five, I know winning a championship in college football means a lot, but, (laughs) you know, (laughs) that top five means something different. (laughs) You know what I mean? So that's a big achievement. Also, in the intro, I highlighted that you graduated this past summer, uh, which is a huge achievement based on everything you've been able to accomplish on the football field. What did you get your degree in? And how important was that for you to make sure sure you, you, you achieved that accomplishment? Yeah, so I got my degree in sports administration commerce. You know, obviously the commerce side is more business. And, you know, uh, that was something that was very big for me because at the end of the day, you know, you can't play football forever. forever. And I want to be a business-oriented guy. I want to really know what's going on, not just sending my money out to advisors saying, do this, do this, what you think about this. I want to be a guy that can help make those decisions and know, you know, the rights and wrongs in these decisions and how I'm benefiting from certain things. So, I mean, I had to take a lot of, you know, accounting class and all these financial classes. But at the end of the day, I think it was always going to be well worth it. And it was something my mom, she just pushed me on, you know, something that she really, you know, she really wanted me to do. I really wanted to do it for myself. You know, nobody, none of my uh, grand, my mom, nieces and nephews, you know, nobody graduated from college. You know, I wasn't the first one to go, but I was the first one to graduate. Mm. You know, now, you know, everybody looking at it like even from the small communities, like, Hey, that's what I want to do. I want to go graduate from college. You know, they look at it as an even bigger thing just because I did it. You know, he didn't yeah. just go play football. He also, you know, got his degree. He went down there and handled his business. So I think, man, it was even more important for all the youth looking up to me and just seeing the footsteps, you know, another foundation that I'm laying, just not just be an athlete. You know, you got to be more than just an athlete, you know, and yeah. I think that's what I did. And I think if, if anything fails with football, I always know I got something to lean on because, oh. you know, I handle my business. And you got the horses also. To and I got up. the horses. Yeah, yeah if you need to. With the horses. Yeah. And, no uh, question. D. White, how much, how much, how many hours did you have to complete in order to get your degree? Oh, man. Uh, I think I only had like, I had four classes and I had a, a internship. So probably no more than what? 15? Yeah, like 18 or something. Like, you know, the internship was the, was the most hours. But the four classes, I think they was worth three apiece. You know, mm-hmm. so that's 12 and then a six hour internship. So, I, yeah, I think I had 18 hours. But the thing that really did me a lot of justice was when I was in college, I already knowing we was going to be in the bowl game. So we was going to be practicing. Yep. I was doing, the, uh, you know, you take the course like right before. Yeah, the intercession classes. Yeah. I was taking the intercession, winter summer intercession classes. Also going to summer school because we was there anyway. I was taking full advantage of all those things. So that really put me ahead. And then I also, I was an early enrollee. So I was already a jump ahead. But, you know, when I left, that kind of, you know, messed me up. But I ain't had that many left. So, man, once we got into the playoffs, right before the playoffs, I caught COVID. I was just so bored. I was like, man, what can I do? Then I was like, oh, they got intercession. Come on, let me see if I can jump in a class. And I jumped in it and, you know, school was refreshing. Like it wasn't hard. It wasn't hard for me to, you know, do my assignment 
take the little quiz. I was doing HRE. I had a couple leadership classes. So I was like, man, I'm gonna just go and get it knocked out, you know? So yeah. it was perfect timing for me. That's all. And uh, what, what, I got a two, I got a two part question for you. Speaking of COVID, you did test positive for COVID in, in uh, January one. I'm not gonna ask you if you tested, uh, if you um, uh, vaccinated or not, that's not my business. Yeah. But was there any fear that 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 would impact your availability in the uh, in, in the playoffs. And secondly, you got two coaches of uh, that I had an opportunity to play with, uh, Coach Caldwell and uh, Coach Foot. Yeah. You got any funny stories or anything you can share with us about them too? Yeah. Oh, I just say as far as the COVID part, I just man, I always knew that it wasn't going to affect my game, but mm-hmm. it was affecting my availability to the game. Right. You know, mm-hmm. because obviously it's a protocol you got to go through. You know, the first, I missed the Atlanta game, which was the last game of the season, but they made it, you got to wait, you had to wait 10 days last year, you know? Mm-hmm. And the way our playoff game fell on a Saturday, I didn't make that 10 day mark. So I had to miss an extra game, even though I was ready for that game. I was back for that game, like health wise. I, I was, you know, I was testing negative, but it wasn't my 10 day protocol yet. That was, that was my 10 day. So the way that fell, that kind of messed up my availability. And, you know, I had a great playoff run, but if we lose that game, I never see the playoffs. You know, right. so that, I think that was the only thing. That was the biggest factor in, into the COVID. And that's where it was kind of, it was kind of, you know, kind of gave me that extra edge. Like, you really can't take nothing for granted because just that easy that, you know, that my playoffs, my first time making a playoffs could have been taken from me if we would have lost, you know. So that's why when I came back, I had a whole different mindset, you know, everything was up-tempo for me because when you when you got to sit out the game for two weeks and you already love the game as much as I do, it just mm-hmm. make you love it even more and make you just want to do it, you know, just do that extra, go the extra mile when you're out there because you feel like I was away for so long, even though it was just two weeks. And just as far as uh, those two guys, man, you know, I was just talking to them both. I think uh, my greatest story about those guys is, uh, you know, they both played in the league. And they both, uh, they helped me a lot. You know, I, I take information from both of those guys. You know, both of them played the position that I played, both of them coaches on the coaching staff. But I say that uh, I don't really have a funny story, but I say the most magnificent the most magnificent thing that I take from those guys is, you know, after they done finished their career, how closer to uh, God that they done got, you know, uh, about the word and just how, it impact, how he impacts their lives and, you know, just the funniest thing is probably now one of those guys, they try their best not to cuss. Oh, and that's yeah. kind of funny. Like, for sure. Yeah, I know. So <laughs> you like, man, we football players, we big guys, we tough, mean, nasty. <laughs> Put always want us energy this, do this, do this. But neither one of those guys cuss. So I always be messing with them. And they kind of like say they won't say the word, but they'll use another word. So I'm like, you might as well say the word. Right. Like, that ain't what I do. That ain't what I do. So I say that's about the funniest thing, you know, because when them guys in the building, they all busy. You know, yeah. them two guys right there, they all busy, especially Foot, man. He, you know, two Super Bowls, going to the Super Bowl three times, is, is always that winning, that winning mentality for him and just making his guys better. So I definitely salute him. You know, Coach Caldwell, he got there, he lost. You know, the biggest thing he kept telling us was he don't want no NFC Championship ring, you know, because I guess mm-hmm. the losers get the NFC Championship ring. He was like, we yep. need to get something that we can actually show off. So, man, and, and at the end of the day, both of those guys are great guys, great uh, family men. And just, uh, man, great people to be around, man. I'm no thankful question. for Yeah, and talking about that Super Bowl run, an unbelievable year, a year ago. It of was. course, coming into this season, there are so many expectations for you guys because you brought back every significant piece on the roster when you look at the starters. But 
you're on the heels of a huge win against New England Patriots. And leading into that ball game, everyone was talking about Tom Brady, Bill Belichick. Granted, they weren't yeah. playing against each other, but of course, their relationship, the success they had, and now being separated, it was a big talking piece. You know what I mean? But you were you had an opportunity to prep with Tom Brady the entire week. And media-wise, he just said, you know, it's, it's the next game. But did you get a sense of, yo, this is a big deal for Tom Brady? Like, did, did he say anything to the team? Did he kind of, mm -hmm. like, attack this that, that week differently than any other week uh, leading up to this uh, the ball game against the Patriots? Yeah, I mean, I think his preparation was normal. But mm -hmm. us as a collective unit, you know, and back to my coach, Coach Caldwell just came to us, you know, in the mean when we do our, you know, tips and stuff. He was like, imagine, you know, he always say, do it for your boy, do it for your brother. And yeah. he was like, this week, it means a little more to Tom Brady without him saying it because, you know, it ain't he's because he said it ain't no feeling like going back to a place where you where you not wanted anymore. And that really that really set with us like, dang, you know, because obviously I've been with the Bucks and I'm still here. So I don't know what that feels like. But yeah. it kind of gave me an extra edge like, dang, let's let's get this one for my dog. Like, let's get this one for TB. Like, mm -hmm. you know, if he don't win, you know, that's a lot of pressure on him. But even though it ain't no pressure, it's just the next game. But you want to see him come out victorious. You want to see him being able to, um, you know, take the next step, you know, go back with a lot of talk, talk all through the media and go back and win. You know, and so yeah. now they, they don't have much to say, but they're going to still, you know, pick it. Oh, he didn't do this. He didn't do this. He didn't throw a touchdown. It's always going to be something. But at right. the end of the day, he got the most important thing when he went back, and that was a W. What, yeah. what, 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 what kind of leader... From it's Tom Brady because from from the outside looking in, I think he's probably the best leader I've seen in a game of football. You know his ability yep. to get guys to, to be to be focused, to dial in, and to follow his steps. But you see him on a day to day basis. You know what I mean. I talked to uh, Larry Foot about some of his preparation, but you know as a player, as a teammate of Tom Brady, what type of leader is he? Man, I say he's the he's the ultimate. I'm going to put the work in. I'm going to show you how I'm putting the work in. And you're going to want to put it just as much work in as myself. Because mm -hmm. he never wants to spotlight. Like, if people notice he's a captain on the team, but he would never go to the coin toss. Like, he don't... Well, he I, know, I, didn't know that. I, didn't, I didn't know that. Yes, he's a captain on the team, but never will go to... He'll wave you off if you tell him to come on, let's go to the coin toss. He don't want no extra spotlight. All, wow. he, all he focuses on is just, you know, preparation, winning the games. Like, rather than going to the coin toss, he want to warm his arm up right there before mm -hmm. he finna get ready to go take the field. And, and, and I think that's the most important thing for him. He's not a rah-rah guy. Like, he only call, he only breaks the team down on Saturdays, on the walkthrough day. Like, and it's just something we do. He don't want to, throughout the week, he want to handle his business. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? So I say he's the guy that just go out there and he does, he leads by example. You know, he leads with his play. And if he playing bad or something, we go back in the locker room, he say, this one of them games, boys. Like, you know, let's go. It's going to be an ugly win. You know, he's raining. Like, and I didn't expect him to say that, you know, but. It's Did just, he say that against you know, New England? He, he, yeah, he always says something when he feel like it's needed to be said. But, gotcha. you know, he's not going to be the guy that just need to be talking just to be heard because he Tom Brady. You know, so he just give us that little extra push, you know, because it was a back and forth game. It was six to seven at halftime. Yeah. He was like, defense, y'all doing enough. Y'all doing enough. Keep, keep going. Keep going. You know, just sometimes he give a little extra push. But most of the time, he's just leading by example. I like it. I like it. Dope, man. And uh, I know this might be tough, but I got a question to ask you about the 2001 and the 2020 team. I know you guys caught your stride probably halfway um, through the season. You guys are just getting going. Like uh, BMAC said, expectations are a little bit higher than they were last year. But who was the better team as of the, uh, thus far um, throughout the season? 
Right now, I definitely say the 2020 team. You no know, question. even even though we didn't catch our stride early, I feel like we we kind of we was doing what we do. Like right now, it, it's a little bit harder on us. And I and I tell the guys every time, people want people gonna give us a best shot. Last year it was like, mm-hmm. you know, it's just whatever. Like y'all are the same Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Like it wasn't no all the hype surrounding us, even though we had Tom Brady. But people was looking at Tom Brady last year as being washed. You yeah. know, so. How they looking at him now, how they approaching him now, they approaching him like, yeah, he's still that dude. Let's take him out. You know, this defense is not that good. Let's, you know, do this. But at the same time, you know, uh, me and my coach talked about it, man. If you look at all phases of the game, for the past two years, we've been the number one rush defense in the league. Last mm-hmm. night, we, last night around the building, all the coaches, uh, get your neck roll ready for this week. Better have your uh, chin strap tight because these people run the ball and they get a hat on the hat. Negative one rushing yard. Yeah, eight, negative. eight rush attempts. It, when people play us, when people play us, the they're not running the ball. When yeah. people, Dak Prescott and them, they done had three yards of three consecutive games of a hundred yard rushing. When they played us, maybe thirty five rushing yards. So like the whole game changes when they play us, and that makes it a lot harder on us. That makes it a lot harder for me to make plays when people not even running the ball. Where do my mm-hmm. opportunities come from? I got to run and. Hopefully a corner miss a tackle or something, I gotta go get it. Yeah. You know, uh, I gotta play my zone and break up. Or uh, when I'm in man-to-man coverage, I don't wanna make tackles. I wanna have my dude strapped down, like don't even look my way. So yeah. the game is a lot different for me as well, and even for Levante than last year, you know. So I mean it's just it's just different now. You know, everybody know what we can do. Everybody coming in, like offense coordinators coming in with a game plan to not let us do this, not let us do that. Rather last year. You don't get many teams who, this is what we do, we're going to do it. Because we thought New England was a heavy run team, you know, mm-hmm. not put the game in Mac Jones' hand. Yeah. But last night we seen totally different. We seen yeah. a, them just getting the ball out of his hand fast, you know, trying to, you know, help him out and not running the ball. So, man, we just never know in the league, man. So that's why I say, so I say last year team, when we didn't have all the expectations, people didn't really know who we were. People yeah. didn't know how to attack us. They just did what they did and we did what we did. I think it was better. But I do say this uh, about this team right here. We resilient. This twenty one, tw- tw- this 2021 team, we resilient. And uh, man, I feel like everybody know what to do. And eventually, it'll click. It'll click. It'll click at the right time. So, you know, hopefully, um, I know we don't play y'all uh, right now, uh, you know, but we can see y'all in the playoffs or somewhere. <laughs> I hope so, man. I would love to be in the playoffs. <laughs> hey. hey. Hey, Devin, they got that boy Dalvin Cook. I don't know if you, I don't know if you got chances to score up on him yet. You ready for we, that? We played fight? him last year. We played oh, him play last, last year. Oh, okay. I think he might be on. I think he might be on my highlight tape. But he, but uh, not just saying this because uh, Pat Pete on his team. But I think he the only running back that went for a hundred on us in uh, in by two years. So mm. no, no running backs t- ever touches that. But they stayed true to who they were. They kept feeding the ball, and eventually, mm. man, sometimes. Hey, a guy can break one because you know he get paid too, just like us. No you know, he right. he gotta play the game just like us. Hey. And I even told somebody he was the best back I went against. You know, me and him, we had a lot of this going on during the game. Yeah. It was all love after the game. But yeah. and that's what you get from two good people competing against each other. Hey, Devin, it sounds like you sending a message to the teams y'all play against, man. Don't be afraid to run the ball. <laughs> Don't be afraid. Let me get a little action, man. Let me get a because I think the fans think I done went ghost out there like I ain't still that same dude, but I ain't had the opportunities because ain't nobody. It'd be known. Hey, but I can t- so since, since you brought that up, you know, let me highlight some of the, some of the beasts 
the, the beast performances you put out there. You let me know which one was the best. In that playoff run, Pat talked about you having COVID. Were you nervous that you might not be able to play? You said that COVID being away from the game kind of sparked something in you. And man, when you got into the playoffs, man, let me read these numbers to you. Divisional round against the Saints, you had 11 tackles, one PBU, one force fumble, one interception. Conference championship, you had 15 tackles. Super Bowl, you had 12 tackles, one force fumble, one interception. Mm. What was the best game during your playoff run a year ago? Most definitely when we went down there to my hometown and played Drew Brees and the New Orleans Saints. And I yeah. just say specifically because it was a back and forth game and I made the play that just sealed the game with the interception mm -hmm. to give us the ball to go up by 10 instead yep. of being a three-point game. You know, I, I gave us that swing. And then just because, like, man, he that guy that when you growing up in Louisiana, you, man, I ain't going to lie, he like God around there. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah. you, you live yeah, and die that. by the Saints. Yeah, Ooh. you live and die by the Saints. So <laughs> for me to get that on him, man, that was that was, that was was a bright moment. And then the thing that make it even more special, I told the media, like, like this is how I'm coming this week. Like, I'm coming with a turnover that's going to, mm -hmm. you know, it's going to be up there. Like, so I had to stand on everything I said, and I felt like I went out there and did you that. Hit so him that with was it, probably... Well, the Joe Namath gave him some guarantees. Yeah, yeah most definitely. Yeah, gave us some guarantees, man. One more question before we transition to the superlative part of the show. Uh, we had uh, Levante on the show during the Super Bowl week, actually. Yeah. Uh, so it's a two-part question for you. Uh, Levante, I've uh, been doing numbers for Tampa for quite some time. Of course, you jump into the lineup. You've been doing numbers as well. But you two guys have combined for 11 seasons in just one Pro Bowl. Talk about the disrespect, oh, why people are yeah. disrespecting you two guys nationally. <laughs> Are you the best duo of backers in the league? And secondly, the last part of the question, Levante shared some information about when y'all beat Green Bay, some people were crying in the locker room and Tom Brady was like, yo, what you crying for, man? We got more business to, to, to take care of. Can you reveal who those individual were, that were individuals that were crying in the locker room after Green Bay like they won the championship? Oh, uh, yeah, but starting off with just me and Levante being the duo, man, yes. I, I most definitely say we the best duo that's doing it right now. You know, uh -huh. uh, Levante told me uh, in Atlanta game, he was like, bro, I don't want you to get uh, sidetracked, but, man, people are not coming at us. Like, you don't get toss sweeps. You don't get outside zones. You don't get nothing quick, like, in the ring game. You don't get nothing because they know we coming to get it and stuff like that. So, um. I feel like our uh, coordinators know what they're doing when they finish play us. You know, they want to kind of take us out the game because they know we make this defense go. And mm -hmm. just as far as Pro Bowls and stuff, man, I definitely look at Levante numbers, look at a lot of other guys' numbers. And I don't know how, but I do know yeah. how because his team won winning. You know yeah. what I'm saying? His team won winning, so he was a little overshadowed by the guys who was winning. But, I mean, I'm glad he's getting his roses now. And just no as far as uh, that playoff game, man, yeah. I don't know crying. who that was. I heard it, yeah, he's telling to you. He's telling to you. But I don't know who that was, man. But at the end of the day, man, yeah, they don't need to be doing all that. This ain't, this ain't no sentimental game, man. Hey, hey, but you got to realize, Devin, for the <laughs> veterans that was a part of that championship run last year, they had some bad years. So yeah, you know, beating sure. the Packers in the NFC Championship game probably felt like, man, we did it. You know, right. what I mean? yeah. it's a wrap. Yeah. We don't want it. You know what I'm saying? So they they, they had to go through some tough times in, in Tampa before that you got man, there. That man the whole time want to worry about who crying. He's trying to find out who crying. No question. <laughs> who crying? Who crying? And Tom, yeah, Tom was, wasn't man, about that. I'm telling you, like I don't know, but yeah, he don't play that man. We got more business than him, man. It ain't over with yeah. yet. 
All right, so we're going to transition to the superlative part of our show. We're going to hit you with rapid fire questions. We want your honest, unbiased answer. First question I got for you. Best trash talk on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers is who? Uh, most definitely hands down myself. That's all I do. Get in your what? face. Say cruel things to you, and I do my homework. I know who you are and your family. <laughs> oh. I know everything. Oh, yeah. you one of them type trash talkers. Oh, most definitely. You got to go in the bio. Your, it's going to get in your head, man. You ain't going to like that. It's going to take you out your game. <laughs> <laughs> hey, so you had, have you had any, like, ver verbal altercations with any former any opposing player as of late since you've been in the league, since you talk that much trash? I know some people bark right back and, at and, you. And not only that, what's the best thing you dug up? Oh, yeah. Man, I, I man, oh, man, just... Just getting to know somebody, uh, wife name. Oh, because you know they ain't gonna play about that, right? Oh. You know they ain't gonna play about that, wife. Oh, that's, one of, the, that's what? one of them low, that's one of them low blows you gotta pull out. That's one of them low blows you gotta pull out. Mm. What you digging up the, oh, the significant other name? Oh, me. Oh, hey, oh. what last night? Say, oh, oh, me. Last night, <laughs> hey, last night the center for the patient said, Hey, hey, Devin White, let me get a horse. I'm like, What? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, oh, he's a horse. Like oh, I, 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 okay, 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 okay. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Hey, the time rule, the time rule kind of slowed me down a little bit the start uh -huh. of this season because I'm trying to be available for my guys. But yeah. man, at the end of the day, man, that's how I play the game. You know, I gotta say something to you. Whether I make a three yard tackle or one yard tackle or tackle for loss, you are gonna know I was there, and I'm gonna let yeah. you know. But so you gonna think, I think I'm getting back to my ways now. You going you gonna Instagram? You gonna to get this information? What, oh, you gonna Wikipedia? Man, you just gotta go to their page. You gotta go to their page. Let me type in Pat P. Let me see what he. Oh, you like? Oh, all right. Okay, okay, Pat. Oh, oh, you like uh, this? It's your favorite. All right. Hey, so 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 who had the best back and forth with you? Had any player that kind of come? Okay, wait, it ain't gonna be that type of day, Devin. I got this for you. I'm gonna say this at you. Anybody come back and forth with you? Emmanuel Sanders. Oh, he can go. You were oh, talking to the trash. Hey. What disrespectful. He told me in the division <laughs> again. He said, that's why you're going to be, he said, when we beat y'all, that's why you're going to be crying. Y'all going home tonight. You know y'all can't beat us. Like, we already smacked out. I'm like, whoa. All right, say less. Say right, less. That but was in the playoffs? He got this, yeah, he told me we were going to be crying. Yeah. Emmanuel Sanders. I think I, I think they had it on my mic up, on one of the mic up. You know, I'm like, yeah. dang, that boy really said that. So I say Emmanuel Sanders, he, he going to talk. Emmanuel yeah. Sanders going to talk. He going to yeah, talk. Okay. I like it, like but, it. But we're gonna we're gonna stay on the Buccaneers. Who got the biggest personality in the Buccaneers locker room? Ooh, that's a good one. Who got the Leonard Fournette? I, I knew you were gonna say that one. Leonard Playoff Lenny. Playoff Lenny. Super Bowl Lenny. You see how many names he got? You see how many yeah. names he got? <laughs> yeah. Like, hey, he he different, man. He different. He he's a unique person. Him being New Orleans, a New Orleans bred guy, he think New Orleans is is the whole Louisiana. So that let you, that just let you know itself. Like it ain't no other cities. Like Baton Rouge don't even exist in Louisiana. So I'm like, how you went to LSU? Oh, that's New Orleans University. You know what I'm saying? So, he pride. He, he pride where guy. he come from. And he his uh, own guy. He got the he got the greatest personality, man. He got the greatest personality. We gonna keep it with the Bucks. Best moment from the Bucks Super Bowl celebration, post game or during the parade? Y'all boys, y'all boys, y'all boys got no time in that post game, man. <laughs> yeah, I say I'm gonna say just celebration wise. I say for myself, uh, getting around my horse in the stadium. Yeah, I say that was that was I second think, to none of me. Yo, Devin, I think you probably you got to be the first player to ever ride a horse. Player to ride a horse into a stadium. Yeah. And I did this two times. I did it at LSU too. Oh, you did it at LSU too. Uh -huh. I did it at LSU too, right before yeah, I uh, left. You know. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I remember seeing that when you posted. That was dope. What horse was that? That was a horse I got named Daisy May. 
You still Deja got Deja Man? Nah, I actually don't. She actually passed uh, coming into my rookie year. So Dang. that was a great memory. I got a lot of footage of her. You know, that was a great memory. You know, something that I'll be able to show my kids one day. You know, hey, this is what your pops did. You know, because they going to be in the horses as well. You know, Right. I like it. I That's like big, it. man. Well, we're going to let you go, man. We know you're losing light behind you. You got oh, some. Oh, we good. What you got, Matt? I was going to ask that. Uh, the, the, the last one, I definitely want to know this. The most underrated Bucks defender. Oh, okay. Jordan Whitehead, I say 33. Oh, he be bringing oh. that thunder. Oh yeah, I'm glad. Oh. Hey, he, the, he the hardest hitting oh. player in the league. Hey, and you he get a chance. About one, 175, what, he got his, his shoulder workout gotta be a hell of a workout boy, cause he be hey, low boy. That boy, that boy eight, you go watch the game last Ooh. night. He he made a tackle for loss on the running back. He hit the, he hit the tight end, went through the tight end and hit the fullback and then flipped the running back and made the running back go sit on the bench because he was hurt. Hey, a good thing he ain't 215 or 220. Yeah. Oh, I like that. I like that. Yeah, he under 190. It looked like he could be 178. Man, but he, he don't play that way. Though. Hey, you hey, you look for him during practice when the scout team going that boy build that doing push ups and sit up on me. Yeah, yeah, on for real. He be doing push ups and sit up. Hey, he, he hit uh he hit old boy from Green Bay last year, the big Man, running back. Cough it up, Dylan. Yes, sir. And, yes, sir. Oh no, he hit Aaron Jones and made and made Aaron. That was Jones Aaron Jones. Effort. Made him go sit down. I, I thought he got uh Dylan too, AJ Dylan as well. I thought he got the big one. Who don't he get? Yeah, yeah he don't just say that. Pat P. Pat P. That boy. Hey, that good call on that one, Debbie. Know, you know, know football exactly boy, because he don't. Thirty three. Yeah, I know exactly. Thirty three. He got to keep his shoulders together, because I know, boy, he his shoulders, boy, be iced up after every game. Trap, Moses. <laughs> yeah, you gotta get that that pit bull neck. Make sure that neck together. The neck exercises. <laughs> hey, yeah, but Debbie, man, it's getting dark, man. We appreciate you joining us, man. Outside of your stable. With your beautiful, what a beautiful thing. And yeah, next time, man, we yeah, got to get uh, some pictures. Of, get some pictures of the horses, man. That's what we need to oh, see. Oh, most definitely. Most definitely, we got to yeah. put the look. I got the horse hat on right now. Get live stables. You see it, man. Oh, you got oh, you get, live, get live stables. <laughs> you, you see it? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Hey, man. Best of luck, man. Throughout the season, stay healthy, man. And hopefully, they throw some. They they run some tall sweeps, some zones at you, man. So so you and uh, David can make it. some plays. Yes, sir. I appreciate y'all for having me, man. God bless y'all. Yes, Yes, sir. sir. Go Tigers, baby. Yes, sir. Forever that. Thanks again to Devin White. And thanks to everyone for listening and watching. We'll be back soon where you can expect all things to be covered. Peace. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, 
There's joy in every journey.